Hello. 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 Hello, my name is Matthew West, and I'm the host of this podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I really hope you like it. Hello. Guys, it's only fitting that on episode 100 of the Matthew S. Podcast, I get to tell you about my friends Simply Earth. Why? Because, well, they've been with me from the very beginning. They were the first sponsor of this tour. These friends of mine are doing incredible things, not just to make the air in your home toxin-free and help you detoxify your life, but they're also making a difference all around the world. More on that in just a second. I used to be kind of intimidated by essential oils, not even really sure how to do it. Then I discovered Simply Earth, all right? I would I would spend this money and then I would just kind of like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. I'm confused, all right? But this is the solution. Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box to the rescue. They help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. You receive the recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. You learn how to use your essential oils while making the recipes created by certified aromatherapists. You save money, you detoxify your life, and here's my favorite part. I'm going to get essential oils somehow, but I'd rather get them from a company who's on a mission to change the world, and Simply Earth is doing just that. They give 13% of all profits to end human trafficking around the world. Did you hear that? 13% of all profits go to end human trafficking around the world. That's a cause I want to get behind, and I know you do too. Simply Earth is like a meal subscription kit, but it's more fun and it's less edible. I got to make fun products that will detoxify my home while also learning safe ways to use my essential oils. The best part, these oils don't break my budget. I can buy from a company that changes the world. Simply Earth is giving 13% of all profits to end human trafficking around the world. So I want to encourage you to detoxify your home, but also do something to help end human trafficking. You can start right now with Simply Earth's essential oil recipe box. Plus, get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe today using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. That's simplyearth.com. You're going to get a free 80 milliliter essential oil diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com slash west. These guys are changing the world. Let's do it with them. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're doing great. I am back home in Nashville and had an amazing time on the brand new tour this spring. I just wanted to say thanks to all who came out to see us. We finished out the tour with five shows in the great state of Florida. Had an absolute blast and uh, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who joined us. Also, we celebrated the completion of the brand new tour by airing a special live stream of the tour with my friends Kane. That started on May 20th, but if you missed it, it's still airing throughout this entire week. So you can go to MatthewWest.com to get a ticket and you can watch it whenever you want to for the next few days. So 
I hope you got a chance to check that out. We've loved doing these live streams, a great way to connect with our international audience as well when we haven't been able to come to places like the Netherlands and Brazil and even Canada. So I know a lot of people from other countries were tuning in to watch the concert, and I hope it blessed you. Uh, Let's see, what else do I want to talk about before we get into today's show? Oh, man, it was so hilarious. I went downtown Franklin, Tennessee. If you've ever been to Music City, you know just south of Nashville is the most beautiful, quaint little town called Franklin, Tennessee. Now, a lot of Christian artists live around there. A lot of country artists live around there. I've lived uh, near Franklin or in Franklin for many, many years. And this Christmas, we're having a very special Christmas weekend called Come Home for Christmas, where we're essentially coming, inviting you to join us in Music City for a special Christmas weekend, December 2nd through the 4th. There's limited space available. You can find out, uh, maybe you and your spouse want to come or bring your whole family, whatever it is, December 2nd through the 4th. But I went downtown Franklin uh, last week. It was 90 degrees, and we went and filmed some promo stuff. and it was like me dressed up like I'm ready for a you know a, a Charles Dickens novel and I can't imagine why Christmas decorations aren't set up yet even though it's 90 degrees and summer so we did some funny promo stuff that you're going to be seeing soon but uh but yeah come home for Christmas is going to be December 2nd through the 4th and it's going to be such a blast but before that guess what's taking place this weekend the K-Love Fan Awards I'm going to be your host. I've been hosting for many years now, and this year I'm joined by my buddy Torin Wells. So uh, I think we're going to be doing a special podcast episode from backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. So coming up real soon, and uh, can't wait to share that with you as well. So lots of big things going on, lots of exciting things going on. Thanks to everybody for all the love about the song Wonderful Life that we released, and thanks for helping me uh, raise some money for Uh, Ron Jenka, who inspired that song for his family as they've dealt with the loss of their husband and father. Uh, Many of you have donated, and I'm so grateful for your support. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then go to YouTube today. Go to my official YouTube page and type type Wonderful Life in, and you'll get to watch that music video. And at the end, there's an opportunity for you to donate. So let's see. What else? New music's coming out. Man, there's so many things I could talk to you about. There's so many things I got to say. But uh, I'll tell you what. Summer's here, and soon. Super excited for all the things that are going to be taking place for the rest of this year. Lots of surprises that I'm going to be announcing as well. So get ready for that. I don't know how you get ready for surprises, but just get ready, okay? Now, get ready for today's show. I think you're going to love today's conversation. My guest today has become a friend over the years. He started these huge conferences. They weren't huge at the beginning, but all these years later, they're huge. And it's called Women of Joy. And this guy is so amazing, and he is the founder. He and his wife, Debbie, have launched these, and I got to perform at Women of Joy, which is basically a women's convention that allows a very select amount of men in into the conference. And so I was invited as the special guest performer and had an absolute blast. We, we performed for like... 10,000 women in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Uh, We performed in uh, Branson, Missouri. Where else? Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So much fun. Such a great time. But he's got a brand new book out and it's called Stop Chasing Happy. And this is an awesome book. My friend is, is, he's just a gifted communicator and author and teacher. And I loved this conversation. So we got together at one of the Women of Joy events, two of the only dudes there. And uh, we got together backstage and had a little conversation. So let's go to the story house with my friend, Phil Waldrop. 
so I don't refer to you as reverend. No, no, no. I'm in ministry. I'm I'm ordained Southern Baptist preacher, but I tell people you do that it puts up barriers. Is that you what know, it does? Yeah, it's just like call me Phil. I'll call you you and me call you Reverend West. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not qualified. You are. <laughs> Phil Waldrop. <laughs> It's so great to be with you. I'm so glad to have you uh, on the podcast. We've gotten to know each other in a really unique way over the years, haven't we? We really have. You know, I would love for all of my friends who are hearing this to think that we sang together, but they all have heard me sing, so they know that would be a lie right <laughs> off the bat because I can't sing at okay. all. So no singing, no, 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 no forming a no, power no, duo. No, we're kind. not going to form a power duo, but we'll just <laughs> let them dream that. But it's really been neat just you coming to our events and doing concerts and just talking backstage. And I, I mean, I just love your heart. And to sit with you now, it's just so much fun because, you know, some musicians are not fun. <laughs> I, I, that probably comes as a shock to everybody, but some you know, authors are not fun. Well, that's true too. I, I mean, so, some of us take this way too serious, I guess. So it's fun to sit well, and talk to today, you today. And and I've enjoyed my conversations with you. Most of them taking place backstage at a large convention center, where uh, out in the front of the stage happens to be thousands of women from around the country. Uh, mm -hmm. attending an event that your ministry does. You and your wife uh, run a ministry called, well, it's not called Women of Joy, but that particular event is called Women of Joy. Correct. It's, it, we put it under the umbrella of Philadelphia Ministries, which we had since 1980, but Women of Joy is the event. Yeah. And of course, those are just, you know, life impacting. And for guys like me and you, you know, what you didn't say was that there's several thousand women, and we're one of only five or six, seven men <laughs> in the building. Right. That's <laughs> right. So. You're the reason why I found myself standing on stage singing in front of a sea of females. And uh, you also, it, it inspired the lyrics to the song I made up on oh, stage true. was, I don't think I've ever been in a room with so much estrogen, and it scares me. But so much of your life is, is this is your world, man. Oh, it is. But you know, you know, in all fairness, there are women who, who have hearts for God, and they love Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's what makes it fun. Oh, I mean, because, because, you know, one of the things I love when we do events is we meet all these people that, you know, most of the time prior to the event, we... We don't even know. Right. And I tell people it's like a foretaste of heaven because you walk in with people you've never met, you've never seen these people. And this happens to you all the time in concerts. Right. And you walk in, you've never seen these people, you've never met these people. Yeah. But you instantly have this heart connection. Yes. Because, you know, as I tell people, it's the part of the family you haven't met yet. And it's the family yeah. we're going to spend eternity with. Yes. So it's kind of nice to meet some of the family <laughs> this side of heaven. Thankfully, in eternity, all the dysfunctional <laughs> part of the family will, will oh, be true. wiped away. Oh, true. Oh, true. I thought about that. I feel that right. way, though. I, I do feel that way at my concerts. I feel that way when I attend your conferences. It's, it does give us just a glimpse. And we, can, of course, in our wildest dreams, we can't imagine how amazing heaven's going to be. But that glimpse of of the family of God. You know, mm -hmm. I remember when I was a kid, I think I want to say Gloria Gaither wrote that this hymn. We sang it at my grandpa's funeral, but it was, I'm so glad yeah. I'm a part of the family of God. And one of the things I do at the end of my concerts is when we give an invitation and mm -hmm. people pray and, uh, 
I talk to the people who ask Jesus into their heart, and I say, I want to welcome you to this great big family dysfunctional of family of God. You know, <laughs> it's true. Um, but I think it's awesome what your ministry does, and uh, it's just been so much fun. And in fact, today we're speaking to each other mm-hmm. at one of your Women of Joy events, and right. a little bit later tonight I'll be on stage. How many are attending this event? Uh, we're this in one, we Beach, have South about five thousand. I think. 5, yeah, and that's one of the smaller ones. You know, we were together just a few days ago. Wait, that's one of the small ones. Yeah, and Pigeon Forge, and we had 9,000. 9,000? Yeah, but it, we've been doing this now for a long time. I'm, I'm scared to even think how long we've been doing it, because we started out small. You know, everybody comes to us, and they're like, oh, we wanted this big events. And I'm like, you know, you start out small, because yeah. there's a lot to learn, and God kind of gives you flavor. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work. And to try to kind of perfect it, at least what works for us and what we're trying to yeah, accomplish, yeah. and to give people an opportunity to bond together. Yeah. Matthew, one of the things people ask me is, why do you do what you do? Yeah. And it's not because we just want to have events. It's because we're trying to do something. And I had a friend who helped me understand this, why I believe it's important for people and churches to go to conferences and to events. And there's a reason. If you have a new believer who comes to your church, a new, let's just say a new, new Christian, right. maybe, maybe a, a whole family comes to your church, and they come to church every Sunday for 52 weeks, which is a one year, even if they come to a one-on-one Bible study, as a rule, you're going to get them two, three hours a week. Mm. Okay, If you multiply that times 52, that's assuming nobody's sick and they don't take a vacation, right. you get them about 150 hours a year. But if you can get that person to go to a weekend away, the lady with a group of women, men with men, or so forth, they go to a conference or retreat together. These ladies are going to spend 72 hours together this weekend. We're going to do in a weekend, in terms of bonding them together, we're going to do in one weekend what it wouldn't take literally over a year to do. Because, you know, when you go on a trip with each other, yeah, you laugh and, you know, you, you go out to eat and, that's you know, sometimes the, you know, you have a flat tire and all yeah, the memories, fun things, memories they're are memories. Yeah. But more than that, you're, you're bonding. You're finding out, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, you had that struggle too. I didn't realize your child had the same problem yeah. my child has. And suddenly there's, there's something that connects. So part of what we do is our goal is to just undergird and support what the local church is doing. Yeah, that's great. And doing it in a big setting because we can bring people in that maybe a local church for many reasons can't. Yeah, you're bringing in amazing speakers and really talented recording artists. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, it's true. But I love that because, you know, and it makes sense because... You know, I think about my childhood experiences like going to like church camp Mm -hmm. and like what profound experiences those were for me growing up. Well, as adults, I almost see this as like the adult kind of version of of getting away, having a safe place, bonding with some other Christians. And like you said, the togetherness and the, oh, okay, me too. Like, oh, you're not the, I'm not the only one. And finding that community is a really special thing. You don't just do women's conferences too. It's not just women of joy. It's uh, We have a gridiron men's conference, which we just do one. Now men are different. Men are different from women. They are, I, I, yeah. People, not according to this world we live in right now. <laughs> well, I can tell you. I, I give. I give you. That's one. a totally different topic. Yeah, yeah, here's here's a little bit of a fun insight. I give you an example. Yeah. When we go to a city to do a women of joy, and we go to a city to do a men's event, of course, yeah. most people are from out of town, so they're staying in hotels. Right. Do you know it takes twice as many hotel rooms for the same number of men 
as it does for women. Because they won't share a room? No, they'll share a room. They won't share the same bed. And I, I don't mean that in a, a no, bad way. No, I know way, what you're but, saying, though, because yeah, my wife you, and her girlfriend... Yeah, yeah, yeah there'll yeah, be four yeah. women in a thing. So here's what guys <laughs> will do. It'll be like, you know, Matthew, I don't mind standing you, but we're not going to be in the same bed. Right. Now, there, there's an exception. A guy doesn't mind if it's his dad or his brother or his son, They'll if he has bed. to. Yeah, yeah. But the rest of the time, it's just a guy <laughs> thing. So we get tickled because cities are like, you know, well, can you bring the men's event here? Because you just you sell more rooms. More, yeah. So it's a little insight there. You know, people say men and women aren't different. I'm saying, yeah, yes, men and they women are. They really and are I have different. to say, I, I want my own bed, too. Oh, well, sure. Yeah, I do, too. It's just part of the world we live in. So I mean, it's Women of Joy, Gridiron, which is one event right, annually, yeah. but then other things. We do another well. one called Celebrators. Celebrators. Now, now this, use- is, this is on my radar because... <laughs> You're I'm, getting older, I'm right? I'm seeing the future of my uh, career, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? True. I still feel like a young man. You feel like a young man, right? True. But you do this event for which age group? Well, I don't say senior adults because that's not an acceptable term what anymore. What term do you use? We call them mature believers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because the opposite of that is an immature unbeliever, I guess. Yeah. So so we call them mature believers. Well, it's really good. more people who are... Uh, Maybe retirees. Yeah. Maybe they, you know, they've kind of retired. I got a little time on their hands and they come. Now we do have some older adults sure, who come. I mean, sure. some that, but most of the time people think like, how, what do you do with all those people who are like on walkers and, yeah. you know, they can't get, well, that, there are some who come like that. Cause I'm amazed at how many 95 year olds who really act like 25-year-olds. They I mean, show up at the mature... Oh, absolutely. They don't want to be called old. You know, they, yeah. they, they still want to stay with it. It's, it's funny because you can have 9,000 retirees, older, mature adults, and every single one of them will come to us and say, now, I'm not an old person. I drove the van. <laughs> yes. You know, because nobody wants to be one. I mean, that's why all these places have done away with... Like senior adult discounts because you know they're they're they don't want their vanity just they don't want to be treated that way so they come. In fact, it, you're getting older because you knew who Gloria Gaither was. Of by course. the way, you said that a moment well, ago. Well, I'm Most, a church kid too. <laughs> you're a yeah, church kid, yeah. so you know it's like. This, Do you it, have the Gaither vocal band? In? Oh yeah, the, the Gaither vocal band comes, and I got to tell you, you know, I, I watch sometimes these women get all excited when you're here or some other uh, artists are here. That's the way those retired people happen when Bill Gaither comes out. I mean, they yes. get all excited. They get excited. Now, huh? The difference of it is, you know, they they don't always do get down front in the mosh pit because they can't stand that long. Yeah, but, yeah. I'd <laughs> like. It, they're just as exciting. Just the thought of a Gaither vocal band mosh pit uh, in Pigeon Forge <laughs> somewhere happening that makes me smile. And so I mean, I you know I'm seeing the future, and I'm just I'm hoping that when I'm 65. You're not bringing me to Women of Joy. Maybe you'll bring me to, what was it called? Celebrate. Celebrators. Oh, yeah. We'll get you to come. In fact, I got to tell you what we're doing this year and this fall because, you know, we have all these special things that we do. And um, our friend David Jeremiah has been there now for yeah. 22 consecutive years. Uh, he he's comes, amazing. Oh, he's incredible. We did an event together in New York City um, one Christmas time. He did. Tell me and about that. And it was such a cool thing at the Beacon and, Theater. you know, and of course, he's now in his 80s. He doesn't like me to tell and you he's that. He's not slowing down. No, he's not slowing he's down. He's a Believe yes, he is. <laughs> he does not act like it. And the point was so fun, though, is they we do patriotic things. But this year they're so excited because Michael W. Smith is coming. Come on, he's amazing. Well, he's bringing a fifty-two piece orchestra. Oh man! And we're but That's here's what's awesome. even fun: it's in October. It's all going to be Christmas music. Oh wow! And, and I'm telling you. People are so excited. I mean, because it's like, you know, because in October, you really start getting into yeah. Christmas. Matter of fact, I think 
people now, you know, they they don't even take down Christmas decorations in some places. Yeah. You see all these Christmas stores yeah. everywhere. And so we're all excited about that. We have other people well, come. So. You know, Michael W. Smith, you know, I got to write a song with him one time. Really? You've written a song with everybody. Well, but this You and was... I have never written a song because I have no musical <laughs> ability, but you've written it with everybody else. But I will never forget because he sent... I was actually on a writing retreat by myself out at a cabin, mm-hmm. and I had driven down the road to get cell phone service, and I checked my phone, and I had a text message from Michael Ruby Smith saying, hey, can we write a song? And <laughs> I so I broke my retreat and drove to his studio, and I was so nervous and he he couldn't have been kinder. Like I sat down, he gave me. A, he's like, "You need some paper." You need like he had written a piece of music, mm-hmm. and he wanted lyrics for it. And I remember going, "Wait, you're gonna play me this piece of music that you've done, and right. you want me to just like get inspired?" <laughs> like, and he hands me a pen and a paper. He's like, "Can I get you something to drink?" And I'm like, "What is happening right now?" Michael W. Smith is giving me a water. So what was the song? Well, it's actually a song called Friends or Friends Forever. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Wouldn't I, that well, be a great see, story? <laughs> see, I got to tell you, though, I thought you was going to say that, but I was going to correct you because I have to tell you, what? Friends was was sung at my high school graduation. Well, okay, and so I'm in I my couldn't 60, have so okay. I'm like, uh, that sounds probably a bit so that longer lie, than you have. that lie wouldn't have passed. Yeah, but I, I don't, no. I'm not sure Smitty likes for me to tell that it's been around that long, but, I lo- you, know, well, I, you know, he's a legend, though. You yeah, know? he's like also Bill one Gaither. of those mature believers. He is a mature believer, so that's why he's at Celebrators. Now, you've gotten to host some incredible guests at all of these Mm -hmm. events, and I've loved our conversations backstage. I think you have a lot of wisdom. You're an incredible author as well, and we're going to talk about your latest book called Stop Chasing Happy because Mm -hmm. I think it's such an important message, and judging by uh, how many people are picking this book up, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really striking a nerve. We were talking about how well it's doing on the Amazon charts, and it's been out for uh, a a minute, and I got the (laughs) chance to write a little bit of an endorsement for it. I, I personally take credit for all of the sales because I think my endorsement really <laughs> well, I, I would agree it with carried that. a lot of weight, yeah, didn't it? It really did. It really did. Because you know, people look at it and they say, Phil Walter, but you know, I don't know who he is, but it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like um, I tell people they look and they say, We, you know, we don't know you, but we do know Matthew West. Yeah. And he said something about of all the books he had ever read, this was this one of the them. Gra- and <laughs> that just them. helps, you know, the fact, oh, he read yes. it, it must be good. And I meant that. I meant that. Uh, yeah, endorsement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of all, so you've had so many great speakers. Speakers, authors, singers, and stuff come in, right? You just talked about Michael W. Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I think many guests who've been on my podcast have actually been like right. Lisa Harper. Oh, she's uh, one of our favorites. Lisa Turkhurst. Yes, right. Uh, absolutely, she's been your um, comes can, regularly. What comes to mind, like uh, most recently, like what's been a guest that just you know was that you were surprised that you even got for your event, and then you know had an interaction with them that was fascinating to you, or? or well, you know, after all of these years, I have to tell you, I'm still amazed that anybody comes. We, Debbie and I both have talked about this. We don't feel like Debbie, your wife, Debbie's my wife, yes, of uh, 38 years. I think that's right. Wow. Um, but yeah, what I was going to say is we are always honored anytime someone comes. Yeah. And it's never, we're not to the place where we're like, well, we've made it. And if you want to be somebody, come to our event. It's not like that right. because we have a very focused, uh, approach of what we want to do. Number yeah. one, we we want to honor God. Number two, we want to build the church. And number three, we want people to have an experience. 
And we want them to have an experience with the Lord. We don't want them to say, well, we just went to nothing. We love when people come up to us and say, you don't remember, but, you know, in such and such year, that was the year that somebody spoke on something. And we've had a lot of people that I'm just blown away that they come to start with. And then when speakers speak, and it's the one thing that amazes me to this day about the Holy Spirit is even though we know the direction people are going to go, I could probably guess some of the songs you're going to sing tonight. Sure. I mean, because, you know, it's the songs that you normally sing. Right. It's amazing how God takes all of these people and puts them together, and he weaves this tapestry, mm. literally, where it's like a speaker says something, and then a person says, wow, that's been on my mind all day long, and then Matthew West gets up there and sings this song, and just God just speaks yeah. so loudly to me, and my life was forever changed. And then seven years later, they're still telling us about it. Yeah, that's That's beautiful. what still amazes that's me. That's awesome. You know, yeah. and there's, I don't know, I don't know if I ever get surprised anymore. By what they say, or I, well, it's more I, surprised by how God speaks through them, it sounds like. Oh, it does. And it's yeah. always how God weaves it. I, I always tell people, I, I, we've never had a speaker or musician that we didn't like, hmm. We've had a couple of close calls, but, <laughs> but you know, sometimes, I mean... Well, this podcast is filled with hard-hitting <laughs> questions where you, where you uh, spill the tea. Yeah, as but say, no, it, no and I, I mean that, because, you know, when you've been on tour... Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Or you've been on the road, we, we can all get edgy, we understand that. And, but one of the things that we have discovered is that most of the people that I would say overwhelmingly, maybe... I, I wouldn't even say an exception to the rule, but as a rule are people who really do have hearts for God. Yeah. And sometimes we do believe our own introductions and sometimes we do read our own press releases. Right. And sometimes we, we need, believe we need to the be, hype. <laughs> we, we need to come down a little bit, but yeah, you know, you, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, um, who's your favorite speaker? Who's your favorite musician? And you know, the standard answer is whoever I'm talking to, yeah. you know, but, but no, in reality, you're, you're absolutely one of our favorites, Michael oh, W. Smith. I mean, all these people that, and there's so many more yes, that of we've had, yeah. and, but every one of them has a unique gift yeah. and every one of them, they encourage us, you know, and yeah. some of the people you were mentioning earlier, Lisa Turkish and Lisa yeah, Harper so, and all those so people, great. they're yeah. just, and they're Priscilla, so much fun. Have you had Priscilla Shire, Priscilla right? has, not in recent um, years, her sister Crystal, you know, sister uh, Crystal speaks at a lot of our events. Priscilla has, does a lot of her own events and it's just yeah. a scheduling thing. She'd love to come, you know, George just W. Around, Bush, right? Uh, yeah. Former president actually has come to our uh, celebrating. She's been so cool. four times and then uh, never anything political. Which people say, there's no way. And we're like, yeah, it is. You can talk about America and what's good about America, and you can honor those who served our countries, yeah, and you can do that in a non-political yeah, way. Yes, we should. That's and, right. And what I found with people like George W. Bush and Mike and Karen Pence have been in our event, and some others of very high profile through the years. Barbara Bush came once. Wow. Uh, um, you know, some others. is They love to come because they don't talk about politics. You yeah. know, nobody ever gives them the opportunity to just talk about life, life and, and their struggle and, and, yeah. and their own personal faith. That's yeah, so cool. And, what a- you know, to talk to George W. Bush, about his relationship with his dad. I mean, you have a great relationship with, with your dad, dad, and yeah. I had a great one. My, my dad's in heaven, but it's kind of different when your dad was president and you're the president. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, you That's can't even fascinating. go. I mean, think about it. You can't go see your dad without his Secret Service detail and your Secret that Service detail. I yeah. mean, That's yeah. fascinating. And, too. and that becomes fascinating. That's so cool. You know, I want to talk about your latest book, Stop Chasing Happy. I want to ask you one other question before we get into the book, though. 
you've been a pastor for many years. You well, started. I actually was evangelist. I've never actually been a pastor of a church. Now, okay. Of course, we're very active in a church uh, at Central Baptist Church in, Decatur, in, Alabama, in Alabama. In Alabama. Yeah. But I've never been a senior pastor because even when I started, I was started as an evangelist in churches, and okay. our conferences and writing all that grew out of that. So when you got called into ministry, I'm just curious, like. You mentioned it before we started uh, this this conversation that you already knew about the blue couch story. Absolutely, and, um, and you wanted to make sure that I asked you that. And so, you know, I, I think it's important to kind of talk about that before we get into. I mean, obviously, this amazing ministry that's taken place because you've pursued God's calling on your life, and now these powerful books that you write as an extension of of this whole ministry that you do. But it's so important to know the why, you know, and and yeah. even and to hear the origins of, you know, your journey of faith. And right. so what was that first moment in your life where you felt um, the call of God on your life? First of all, you felt him knocking at the door of your heart and you decided that you needed a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, I was blessed to have two parents who church was a very part, vital part of our life. Uh, my parents, we had devotional readings. We prayed in our home, which is something I, I still treasure to this day. I was an only child. I didn't have any brothers and sisters. And the church was kind of an extended family, partly because we went to a small rural church and most of them were related to me. <laughs> and yet growing up in that wonderful environment, I wasn't a believer because we're not born a Christian. You know, I've had people say, well, I was born a Christian. I'm like, you know, uh, nah, according to the New Testament, that's not how that's it works. Right. You might have Christian values yeah. and Christian morals, but it's an experience. And I remember God had been working in my heart. I was seven years old. Two weeks before my eighth birthday, fourth Sunday night in August, 1968. So you knew the math on how old I am. <laughs> and I remember our church where I we attended was having what our little country church called the annual summer revival. And that's where we'd have a guest speaker come in. I don't remember if we had, I don't think we had a guest musician, but we had a guest speaker come in. And we started on Sunday morning, had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Monday morning and every morning and every night through the following Sunday. (laughs) And I remember it was that last Sunday night, sitting in the service, and I remember not a whole lot had happened that week. And our pastor said, before we close out the revival, I'd love for those of you who'd like to join me, and let's just get around the platform and just ask God to really do something unique, even though we haven't seen a great harvest. And there was a a young girl sitting in front of me. I wasn't sweet on her, but I remember her. And God was really dealing with her heart, and she went forward and got the pastor and said she wanted to be saved. And I remember right after that, I mean, I'm sitting there, and it's kind of hard to, if you've never been under this kind of conviction... I remember as a child thinking, this is something I need to do. I wasn't pressured. My parents had never pressured me. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to count to 10. I'm going to go forward, right? Yeah. One, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, 10. Yes, well, I'm still standing yes, there. Yes. But that night I didn't count. And I remember I went forward and I told our pastor, I'm ready to give my heart and my life to Jesus Christ. And as much as I knew yeah. what to do, that night I made that complete surrender. Now, That's people awesome. ask me, do you think seven-year-old kids know what they're doing? Well, I know one seven-year-old did. And that night, for me, it was a complete surrender. That's awesome. Now, I have to tell people this, because it's an important part of my story, is at that night, that little girl and I were the only two people who all week who had come to Christ, and the guest speaker had some very harsh things to say about it. It was a waste of his time. You know, God's not done anything no this kidding. week. He did. Now, 
Later, he left the ministry and had a wow. lot of moral failure in his life. But I tell people that for this reason. Now, I'm a pastor, the man who was the guest preacher. I tell people for that reason. Because I went through a season like, how could I be a Christian when this guy had some real issues in his life? And God confirmed to me, hey, it's never the words of a man. It's never the words of a woman. It's never the words of a person that brings conviction. It's the Holy Spirit. Man, and it great. comes from the Word of God. Yeah. And that night... In a little church in a place called Lawrence County, Alabama. It wasn't even in a city. It was so far out in the country. I jokingly say sometimes we had to go towards town to go hunting. Yeah. And it was, but that night was my moment when I gave my life to Christ. And I mean, how cool is it? A great reminder that that harvest might look different than we think it should in terms of like, you know, that guy's up there thinking only two people right. came forward. And yet look at what happened mm -hmm. as a result of that. And somebody, and even a, God used a flawed human being even in that well, sure. moment. Sure. Right? Well, but really God had used my parents. He had, he yeah, had, was planting had faithful those seeds. people yeah. who had taught me in what we call Sunday school, pastors who had faithfully preached the word of God. It just so happened that he was there when the harvest came. Yeah, it's so and, good. And all that planting. And, and and, then, and the harvest is still coming all these years later oh, absolutely. with 5,000 you know, people oh, absolutely. here tonight as a result of all those years well, ago. Well, I you've... share that story for a reason. There's a lot of times there are people who may be listening, and they may be involved in a ministry, and they're saying, well, I'm not seeing a lot of fruit. God's not doing anything. Yeah, and they feel like maybe I'm just butting my head against the wall. And I'm like, let me tell you, there may be one person Come on. that you are impacting that someday may impact thousands and thousands of people. Mm. Remember, we all know the story of Dwight L. Moody, who was, who was right. a great preacher in the late 1800s, yes. and yet it was a shoe salesman who shared the gospel with Dwight L. Moody. And as a result of result of Dwight L. Moody, I think it was Billy Sunday through channels came to know Christ and Jay Weber Chapman and a guy named uh, Mordecai Ham came to Christ and Mordecai Ham was preaching when Billy Graham was saved. Wow. And it all goes back to one shoe salesman who probably died thinking, I really never did anything for God. Isn't that incredible? So, so yeah, be faithful where you it's, are. That's a word of encouragement. There was an old song uh, by a Christian singer and it was called Thank You, and it was all about this dream of going to mm -hmm. heaven, and there's this great big line of people, and it's all the people who are lining up to thank you oh, for yeah. giving to the Lord. Absolutely. And I always thought about that, like how we may never know the amount of people that, that God's going to use us to impact, and that's not even for us to know. Right. It's for us to be faithful and serve. And, and you know, the other thing is, is aren't we glad that nobody really names their kids Mordecai anymore? Oh, that's true. That's a name <laughs> that's, that's really gone true. away. You know, and either that or, or you know, that's a name that's gone away. And, and you know, people, and fortunately, you know, we don't No use, offense to any Mordecai's uh, you know, out there uh, Our Nehemiah's, there was a yeah. man in our community named Nehemiah. And of course, you know, thankfully, we don't name our kids Jezebel and yeah. Nebuchadnezzar and things like that, you know, just oh. to do that. That's And you know, it was after that, I have to throw this in too, Matthew, after that, when I was a teenager, my goal was I was going to go to Auburn University and become a veterinarian. Okay. I always loved animals. I wanted to be a big animal go veterinarian. Tigers. I didn't... Yeah, you know, I didn't want to... Um, Doctor dogs and cats, because that's like kids to people. I wanted... So we had cows. I wanted... Okay, that's a business. So like and agriculture. Then, so, yeah, when I was a teenager, I just one day... I mean, all of a sudden, I felt like this clear voice of God was saying, no, I want you to preach my word. I don't want you to do that. And God has a sense of humor. If you know anything about Alabama. I did not go to Auburn University. I went to the University of Alabama. So it Whoa. was like, yeah, and a lot of reasons for that. But I went there. But by the time I was 15 years old, I knew God had called me to ministry. 
And I'm one of those guys. There's two things that people find very unusual. Number one, I've never experienced stage fright. I cannot explain that. I've been nervous about not doing something well, but people talk about it. I think God, when he calls us and he designs us, he puts in us the gifts and abilities he's going to use later. And the second thing was, I never fought that. I never fought this. I felt honored. I, I was like, Lord, are you sure? I, I thought maybe the Lord was calling somebody else, and I was kind of overhearing the call. And it was like, no, this is what I want you to do. And from that time when I was a 14, 15-year-old kid, and even went on to college and all the training and everything, it was amazing how God just one step at a time confirmed. Yeah. I never sat down with people say, what was your business plan? I never had a business plan for what I'm doing. I'm not against that. My undergrad is actually a business administration degree. I think that's important. But I really think if God had allowed me when I was 20, 25 year old to see it all, it would have scared me and I would have never done it. Yeah, that's a so, great point. So sometimes God has to hold back Gosh, and say, yeah. be faithful. Let me prepare you. Yeah. Take you a little bit further. That's I mean, good. because it can be intimidating. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming. You don't need me to tell you that. And many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped detachment, fatigue, and more. You could fill in your own blank there if you've ever felt burned out. I'll tell you what, I know what burnout means because I tend to burn the candle at both ends, whether it's going on tour or working on this podcast. I'm always putting so many things on my plate. Sometimes I can feel so busy and I get so exhausted or overwhelmed. But you know, we always associate burnout with work and that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feel burned out. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing the stress in your life. Talking with someone. I don't know about you, but my tendency is just to keep it all inside. And I have found that talking with a licensed therapist is something that's not just slightly beneficial. It is essential in my life. And I think you can benefit greatly from it as well. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Matthew West Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash MWP. That's betterhelp.com slash MWP. Guys, I want to tell you about an organization that I am so proud to be partnering with right now. This is an app that's going to help you in a big way. According to New York Times, more than twice as many kids have been exposed to pornography online as their parents even realize. Now, as a dad, that's a terrifying statistic. But Canopy, a new next-generation digital parenting app, is here to make the internet safer for kids by ensuring they never see graphic sexual content, even by accident, all right? Canopy blocks explicit images and videos on every single website. Its advanced AI filtering technology works on smartphones, tablets, and computers. To learn more, visit canopy.us slash west and use promo code west at checkout to get 30 days free and 15% off forever. Unfortunately, the internet is full of explicit content, but with Canopy, your internet doesn't have to be. Okay, normally I don't like this term 
life hacks, but I think I've found one. It's called Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. Every Plate helps you skip the tedious trips to the grocery store, right? And delivers everything you need to cook consistently, affordable, and delicious meals. Choose from 17 weekly recipes, and then you get to sit back. They're going to deliver pre-portioned ingredients and easy-to-follow recipe cards right to your front door. It's the easiest way to eat affordably, right? Every Plate offers delicious dinners that aren't going to break the bank. Plus, we have a discount for you that I'm going to get to in just a minute. Now, every plate delivers quality ingredients. They come carefully packed, pre-portioned, preventing you from buying things you end up using only once, and then they get shoved at the back of your fridge, right? If you're not much of a cook, that's not much of a problem with every plate. Their recipes come together in just six simple steps and are done in just about 30 minutes or less. You're going to learn how to make a ton of different recipes, practice cooking techniques, and save money all at the same time. Think about it. The less time in the kitchen uh, means more time watching the game, hanging with your family, more money in your pocket, which means more money to spend on Matthew West concert tickets. I don't know. That's just an idea. I told you, it's a life hack. And you know, I'm trying to help around the house. I'm trying to make sure that we have the food we need and that everybody eats well. And you know, with every plate, I can kind of be dad can be the hero, you know? Emily's proud of me, right? So at first, you know, I was skeptical, though, thinking meal kits are probably expensive, right? But now I'm convinced you can get the same deliciousness at a much lower price. So try every plate for just $1.79 per meal, just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering the code WEST179. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WEST179. West 179. Again, that is up to $104 value. Go to everyplate.com, enter the code 179, get started. You're going to love it and you're going to thank me. Now, here you are, um, in addition to all of these events. I mean, obviously, the harvest, like you are one of those people who's getting to see, unlike that evangelist back mm-hmm. in 1968. You've been given the blessing of right. seeing, you know, five thousand people show up at this event. Many people asking Jesus into their hearts, or making a renewed commitment to Christ, or just laying down some, some baggage and some brokenness, and going home and being better mm-hmm. spouses and better moms. And I mean, so th- there's even so much more harvest that you don't get to see as a True. result of this, but you do get to be- bear witness to a lot of it. And I can't help but believe that what you're seeing take place through the ministry God's entrusted to you and your platform has informed the inspiration for the books that you write. True. And you've got this book called Stop Chasing Happy, right. and it's really struck a chord with a lot of people, and I can't recommend it enough. That's why I wrote you know, a, a deeply influential endorsement for you. But, <laughs> it really was. You keep, you keep no, kind no, no. of degrading I'm, yourself well, there, but it you really know. was. It was. I was honored that you asked, uh, but I want to talk about like what was it that made a light bulb go on? Because I know what it's like as a songwriter. I know what mm-hmm. it's like when I'm writing a book, when that idea hits you and you go, okay, now that's not just an idea. It's right. the idea. It's right. the umbrella. And then all the other things, will, these other things I want to say will fall under that umbrella statement. Mm-hmm. And in your umbrella statement, if I may, is the stop chasing happy. happy. That's the title of the right. book. What informed that? What inspired that? And what was your why with that? Well, book? you know, you know, if you write a song, most of the time, and I'm sure you probably have the ability to do this now, but most of the time 
your best songs don't come when you say, okay, today I'm going to get up and today I'm going to write a song. Sometimes that's not your best work. Sometimes your best work comes as a curve out of somewhere that God just like throws it. Well, that happened to me. I went on a trip. I actually had a pastor's wife in Vermont where we do a lot of things in New England, had passed away, and she wanted me to speak at her memorial service. And it was right before Women of Joy. So Debbie was going on to the Women of Joy. I was going to fly to Vermont, do her memorial service, and then I was going to come in for the Women of Joy event. So I get on an airplane, and you know, when you're flying, of course, you may be on a bus a lot, but when you do fly, I got upgraded to first class. That rarely happens, and so I was so glad. And for those of you who may not, it's awesome, fly, though. Fly it? a lot. It is. I mean, it's like, you know, you, you're up there and it's a whole different world up there because most people who, who fly first class either fly a lot or they're very wealthy. Which the means air's cleaner. The air's cleaner. <laughs> they Every time you turn around, they want to know, do you need something else? The warm else? nuts that they serve. True. And, and you know, the, the chairs are like recliners, Come too. On, you know, man, I mean, yeah. you're not back there in the cattle car with the other people. <laughs> and uh, I always joke, and you, you have to just kind of kind of look snooty. I don't know why that is, but it's, anyway. But I was sitting there, and and you never know who's going to sit down by you. And this young girl got on who seemed very out of place. This was on my first flight uh, as I'm going up to Vermont. I've got to go to Atlanta because where we live, you know, you go through Atlanta to go to heaven when you fly. So I'm sitting by her, and she's obviously been crying. And part of my minister heart and part of my daddy heart was, okay, and I just said to her, I can tell you've been crying. And I am in ministry, and I'm willing to listen if it helps. And she just kind of barked, mm-hmm. no, I'm fine. But then she started talking to me, and this young girl was had just come in second place in a beauty pageant, the last beauty pageant that she had entered to try to be in Miss America. And she had been in several. And she kept telling me, if I could ever win Miss America, I would be happy. Because all of her life, she was told she wasn't very attractive. She was a very beautiful girl. And she said, I just want to be happy. I wow. just want to be happy. And if I can just be Miss America, I'll I won't be, be happy. happy. Well, I talked to her. We had a good conversation. Not sure we resolved anything. Then I go to the funeral service. Here is a lady, a pastor's wife, small uh, church. And by her own admission, never entered a beauty pageant. That wasn't her world, who had passed away. So I get to the funeral. And uh, there's one other pastor friend who was going to read some scripture, but I was going to do the main part. And I had a plane to catch. And I had like five hours to do this service, get to the airport. So I got plenty of time, or at least I thought. And the undertaker said to me, he said, are you going to be moderating the share time? And I'm I'm not sure. Well, we want to have a time at the end where anybody can say anything. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I've seen that before at a memorial service. But I got to tell you, Matthew, one by one people came. And the first guy was like, you know what? I was a homeless man, and Miss Marge was her name. Miss Marge always gave me food. Wow. And one by one, these people start talking about how she administered to them. But I had just finished my whole time of scripture and everything, but a little bit of a eulogy talking about Marge was one of the happiest people I ever knew. I mean, even when she was dying of cancer, Debbie and I went to see her. We flew up there to see her, and she laughed the whole time we were mm. there. I've never met a happier person in my life. And all of a sudden, it clicked with me, or at least it kind of initially clicked. One was chasing happy. This lady found it, and, and Miss Marge did. And I remember, so I'm thinking about that. I, I had to rush to get the plane. I get on the plane, and I get to Atlanta, and I'm still kind of processing it. And I go into a room, 
and there was a professional wrestler in the Sky Lounge, and that's not a lounge in the traditional sense, a place where you can go if you fly a lot. And uh, I sit down, and I'm talking about this guy's, I mean, his hands were bigger than my biceps. I mean, you know, he could look at you and crush it. And I used and, to go to professional wrestling meets when well, I was Well, I, I did too. Jake but, the Snake. But, yeah, but this Hacks is like... Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, see, I, I did all that too, but I didn't think this was a confession time. Are we confessing? <laughs> but anyway, but I didn't know exactly. I mean, and, and I have to tell you, I knew who this guy was. And so I'm just kind of ignoring him. And finally, he says, hey, you a preacher? Well, you know, when people like that speak... How do you know you were a preacher? Because I was reading my Bible. Oh. Wasn't trying to be spiritual. I was actually making some notes on a sermon I had to do. And he asked me the weirdest question. He looked at me and he said, and I said, yes, sir, I am. And he said, well, can I ask you a question? Are you happy? Wow. And I'm like, well, I said, absolutely I am. And I said, are you? He said, I'm going to be. And he starts telling me about a new Jaguar he bought and all this stuff he had. And all of a sudden, I have this audience that people are listening because he's obviously a professional wrestler. So we have this conversation and a lot of people are listening because he's loud. And then I remember when we, we started to walk away, he looked at me and he said, I, I want you to know if you pray for people, you need to pray for me because I want to be happy. Wow. And I said, huh. I'm going to pray that one day you'll be happy. And then I've got all this, and I'm like, okay, now I've met two people who are chasing it, and they're not found it. One with people's approval at a mm. beauty pageant, the other one with material things. And I met a lady whose funeral I had done that I'd known who was truly happy. And then I thought, what's the catch? And then right after that, I came to Women of Joy, and it was one of our speakers, a precious lady named Catherine Wolf, who is a dear friend, who had gone to Hollywood, husband was in Pepperdine Law School, and she went out there to be an actress and a model, and she had an extremely serious, very unusual stroke mm. that um, caused her to have a lot of paralysis and everything else. And yet... That as I was sitting backstage, and I always try to listen to the speakers, sure. but I'm listening because she made a statement. She said, you know, people think that ruined my life. She said, no, it just revealed my purpose. And she said, because you know what I found was, if you get your purpose right, happiness follows. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. That's I said, powerful. that's it. That's it. People who try to be happy are always going to try to find it. And people are things, and they're never going Not to be their happy. Not purpose. They're never. But if you find out, because I, mm. as I tell people, we all have the same mission. Yeah. We're all to glorify God. But God gave every one of us a different purpose. Yeah. It's like a football team. Everybody, whether it's the quarterback, the linebacker, the coach, or the fans, they all got the same mission. They want to win the game, but everybody has a different role to play. God didn't call me to sing. If you ever hear me sing, you will say, yeah, you got that one right. <laughs> and God called me to do conferences, and God called me to speak. But there's people who their purpose may not quite be that way. You know, we are, Crystal Evans Hurst was sharing in one of the talks about a lady she met whose purpose was to make brownies. And people are like, that's not a purpose. She said, yeah, my job is to make brownies. Because she said, I make brownies and carry them to church so that people will come over to the brownies and they get to fellowship together. Yeah. It sounds crazy. Well, that's a purpose I, I will applaud. Oh, all that, day. absolutely. Brownies I mean, are, I, I, I just want to meet that lady. That's a spiritual lady, gift you know? right there. But it's true. But if you find your, what God created you for. Yeah. And God, when he made us, he knew that. And when you find your purpose, as I share in Stop Chasing Happy, if you, if you quit trying to find it in people or things, finding that purpose, find what it is, mm. then everything else makes sense. Mm. Everything in life will start making sense because God is going to override. I'll give you one example real quick. When Paul was writing to the Christians in Philippi, 
remember, this is the place where he was put in jail the first time he went, and God sent an earthquake and set him free. And he opens the book of Philippians, which is the book we call Joy, the Joy Epistle, right? But he's writing from a prison. That doesn't sound like a man with joy, you know, in prison. Yeah, right, right. But Paul says, wait, wait. And and if I was one of those people at Philippi, be say, uh, Paul, wh- why doesn't God send you another earthquake? Because Paul says, you missed it. The reason God sent the earthquake the first time is because my purpose is to preach the gospel. Yeah. The reason why God has me in prison now is because he's still fulfilling that same purpose for me to preach the gospel. And you see, the purpose never changed. Circumstances change. Man. But if you know your purpose, you still got joy and you still got happiness. And it's amazing. And as you know, a lot of times people who are high profile yeah. are the people who who really are trying to be happy. I mean, the people we think are happy, all the people in Hollywood and the billionaires and the We think they have every reason to they be. They have every reason to not. be happy, but they found out it's not in stuff. Yeah. And one of the great joys I've had when I wrote Stop Chasing Happy has been hearing from people, some of them who've asked to remain anonymous, who are very well known, who have said to me, your book finally brought me to see it's not in suffering people, but it is in a relationship with the Lord, which has been a great joy to me. Yeah. And then to hear from people who maybe are not as famous, but to know it did that. Well, and you just touched on it there. Obviously, as, as a follower of Christ, we know that, that the first step towards our purpose and towards mm-hmm. happiness is to acknowledge that there's an author of our story That's and right. we are not it, right? That's right. And so I love hearing that people are reading that um, high profile, low profile, you know, any profile, realizing right. that um, this can be a fool's pursuit to chase this elusive happiness. The What about comparison? Like, you know, I love the quote about how comparison is the thief of joy. It have is. You, have you... Because I think that's something that can steal my happiness too, or maybe take my eyes off of uh, my purpose, mm-hmm. right? Because when I'm constantly, I think right now we're surrounded by opportunities to compare our purpose or mm-hmm. our lives to somebody else's, to compare our, our happy to somebody else's happy, and that can make us unhappy. Sure. Right? Well, and you got to remember, a lot of times that's happening because of social media, for example. So we look at somebody's life and we think, oh, you know, they've got, they got everything going for them. We'll always remind people, what we see is just the highlight reel. <laughs> we, we don't see the struggles that are going on behind the that's scenes. That's the truth, yeah. I mean, and, you know, we don't go on Facebook and just Tell everybody, you know, life is falling apart. And my wife just called me today and said, Did you hear that Naomi Judd passed away? Correct. And the family released a statement that she died of mental illness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, I think it's still the. You know, what so that it remains to be seen. But if, if it was suicide or mm-hmm. you know what, whatever that might be, sadness or I mean, but you're right. It's like we we see the highlight reels of people, including right. ourselves, and we we want to put our best face on. You want? True. You know, I'm a, I'm an entertainer, and I get up on stage, and some days, even if I'm having a hard time feeling like I want to, I have to. You know what I right. mean? But you're exactly right. That comparison, though, is something that I think steals a lot of people's joy and, and happiness. And part of that is remembering the devil always tries to get us distracted by comparison to somebody else. I mean, even go back to Adam and Eve. They didn't even have anybody to compare to. So what does the devil do? Wait, you can be like God. 
If you you disobey God, you get to be like God. He didn't have people to compare them to, so he gets Adam and Eve to compare themselves to God, which in and of itself, and I'm not giving the devil credit here, don't get me wrong, but comparing ourselves to Christ is always convicting. But to say, oh, you can be better, it can be better. It's like people today, they'll start looking at their marriage and they're like, well, my marriage is, you know, not doing well. So, you know, they look at your spouse and they go like, well, maybe his wife or his her husband can make me happy. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Because as long as you're chasing happiness, you never find it. Happiness is a byproduct of doing what God calls you to do and doing it to the best of your ability with the help of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, happiness is the result. Mm. It's never, you know, in the Bible, it never tells us, you know, go be happy. It tells us to rejoice in the Lord and, you know, to have joy. But joy comes not because it's, it's different from happy, because happiness is greatly affected by circumstances. And joy is not. Joy is totally dependent upon doing what God called us to do. I love that you just, you know, explain the delineation between those two terms because I right. normally would lump those two together. What do you say to the person who's who maybe resents their purpose or, or looks down on their purpose or has been made to feel like their purpose is insignificant? Um, the people who think their purpose is insignificant are the people who have the potential to make the greatest impact. Like the shoe shine guy. Like exactly. I love that story. Exactly. Because here's why if the devil's working overtime to get you to dislike your purpose, I got news for you. He knows the potential that you're not seeing. Dang. If he didn't see that you as a threat, he wouldn't bother you. He wouldn't bug you about it. I mean, for example, I think, you know, you if you know church history and you do, and even hymnology, you know, John Wesley and Charles Wesley contributed greatly to the early Mm. days of our hymns, okay? But go back to their dear mother. Their mother invested in those two boys. She invested in two sons that God gave her. Yeah. And I really believe, we'll find out when we get to heaven, her purpose (laughs) was just to prepare those two boys for what God was going to do in their life, two people who touched the world. But yet... It all came back that she was satisfied. But what if she said, well, you know, I don't get the opportunity to do concerts and I don't get the opportunity to speak before people. And by the way, can we just say for the record for those, people look at you and think like, oh, it just must be so much fun to do what what Matthew does, or it must be so much fun to do conferences. Can we just say this is work? (laughs) You know what I mean? It is. It is work. And you're you're gone on the line. It's not all, all... Peaches and and cream all the time. Well, and not only that, Phil, but like I wrote a song for my next record that I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about it yet, but it's called Greatest Hits. And it's this idea that like, you know, as you're talking, I guarantee you, everybody who's listening to this right now, including myself, as I'm listening to you, is thinking about all the different things Mm -hmm. that we've chased that we thought would bring us happiness. Mm -hmm. And then we wound up like maybe even getting it to the fullest extent, like seeing that dream realized, that chase comes to an end and it's in our hands, that right. thing, whatever it is. Like in my mind, what I'm picturing right now is a a gold plaque. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. your song's gold or you have a hit song. I love to believe that I found my purpose and that is what mm-hmm. has made me happy. But it's all I'm always susceptible of having it creep in that if if I get this phone call that my song right. is number one, right. then I'll be happy. And guess what happens? I hang up that phone after getting that call. I don't feel any different 
than exactly. when I than when before I got the call. And I sat down and I wrote a song about what are what are my real greatest hits like in life. And I and I started mm-hmm. thinking. In fact, actually, I wrote about it in my in my upcoming book about God's idea of our greatest hits in life. We're gonna find out they were much different than what right. we thought our greatest hits were. Right. right? You think about Matthew twenty-five about mm-hmm. I was naked and you clothed me, I was hungry and you fed me. I, was, I wonder what God would say our greatest hits are. And for me, I wrote that song thinking about my wife and my daughters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I don't want to successfully minister to five thousand people at your right. conference tonight, but my kids grow up and say, "Well, man, we never really." got our dad's attention and he didn't love us well. True. You know what I mean? True. Trying to save everybody else's kids, you lose you on. Exactly. And and that's it. Mean, here's the word picture I want people to remember about chasing happy. It's a little bit like the dog who chases cars. Mm. His dream was to catch a car. Yeah. And then he caught one. And it didn't turn out too well. Okay. So I think for a lot of us, we pursue chasing something because we think if we get it, we'll be happy. And then when we get it, it find out, you know what? It's really not that <sighs> big of a deal. If things or people or approval or awards brought us happiness, then the happiest people in the world ought to be people in Hollywood. That's right. So then look at their marriages and look look how much yeah. um, look at the suicide and all of the proof of yeah. their life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like they get it all. Because here's what happens. It's never enough. You know, if, if you get a gold album, then you got to have whatever neck, platinum oh, or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then they, we got to have two. And then you got to have more than somebody else. Can, I, start, can I make a confession? I had no joke. I've had this happen in my life, and I'm, I'm not proud of this mental, this thought that crossed through my brain when it happened. But I remember I had a 17-week number one song, mm-hmm. Phil. And I don't say that to brag. I'm just right. telling you how, how unhealthy right. anybody can be. In an unhealthy state, right? If sure. they're not staying close to the Lord and clinging to sure. Jesus at every turn. But I remember they said, I broke the record for weeks at number one with my song, Hello, My Name is 17 weeks. But would you believe that when the 18th week came and they called me that I was back, they told me that I was back down to number two? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how discouraged I was that day? Destroys you. I mean, isn't that crazy? Like right. I, and it's I never I, enough. And it sounds so silly speaking that out. I don't even mm-hmm. know that I've ever told that story. But, but it's never enough. It's never there enough. And that's all part of what because God designed us for one thing to give us happiness, joy, and fulfillment, if you want, and it is our relationship with Him, which involves doing what He's called us to do. And if you try to substitute anything else, which the devil will always have a buffet ready of things that you can do and people you can chase and everything else. But if you do, I promise you, it never brings lasting joy. Now, I'm saying that like since I've been a kid that I've always had that. No, there have been times I have fallen victim to all of the things you've said and so many more. We're all human. Uh, And you look at other people. And here's the thing, you know, the minute you start thinking, wow, I've done really good. And then all of a sudden you see somebody else who did a little bit better. And I never will forget, I had a fellow say to me early on when we were doing conferences, he says, always remember this. One thing you need to know, there will, no matter how great you are as a singer, and I'm not a singer, but he he said this in front of several people, there will always be somebody behind you who will pass what you've done. No matter how good a preacher you are, there will be someone who will come behind you, will sell more books and whatever. There will always be someone who will do whatever you've done from a <laughs> with better, greater success okay? or better. And so, yeah. But his point was, you know what? Don't try <laughs> to chase that because if you do, you're going to be miserable in your old age. And 
do what God called you to do. Invest in people yeah. and love people. Yeah. And if you invest in people and you love people, you know, Dr. Billy Graham, who went to be with the Lord not too long ago, one of the things that was so amazing to me about Billy Graham is not that he preached the thousands, which he did. It's not that he talked to world leaders, which he did. Is that as he got older, one of the biggest issues they had was everybody wanted to go see him. Everybody wanted to go see Billy Graham. You know, yeah, before and, he and passed. Before yeah. he passed. And not because he was dying. Everybody just wanted that moment with Billy Graham. And I'm like, oh, it had been years since he had even done the New York City crusade. I want to live a life that when it comes time to die, people want to come see you. Hmm. You know, I mean, not because of what you've done, but because you've loved people, you've invested in people, you've made a difference in people's lives, and they just want to come and say, thank you. Yeah. I mean, and to me... I want that too, man. The ultimate thank you for me is, I want people just to say thank you for making a difference in fact, I tell you this, Matthew, uh, all the times, you asked me earlier the moments of a speaker. Let me tell you, there's one moment that happened at a Women of Joy. Actually, it happened after Women of Joy. Was I was in a church speaking, and this little girl walked up to me, and she was probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. And she said, may I speak to you a moment? I said, sure. So we sat on the front row of this church, and tears streamed down her cheeks. And she said, I want to tell you thank you for Women of Joy. And I said, well, I'm so glad you got to come. She said, I've never been. She said, but I want to thank you because my mommy went to Women of Joy with some friends, and she met Jesus there. And I want to thank you for giving me a new mama. And I'm sitting there, and she walked off. And I got to tell you something. It doesn't matter we meeting presidents, <laughs> all those things, and meeting, meeting well-known artists, Nothing compares to a child thanking me. And I wasn't the one who changed her mom. I just, we were just instrumental introducing her to the one who changed her mom. It's good, man. But at the end of the day, that's what matters. And sometimes it's so easy to get off. That's what matters. Yeah. Again, going back to the title of the book, don't chase happy. Yeah. Find your purpose, do it. And you know what? That was the happiest day I probably had in a long time, yeah. in the truest sense of the word. And it's not because I'm talking yeah. to Matthew West or Michael yeah. W. Smith or anybody else. It's because somebody said thank you for giving me a new mom. That's great. You know, And you know, as, as a musician, as a songwriter, really what really gives you that lasting joy is when somebody tells you. You know, a lady, we were together just a few days ago, and it was a lady who had gone through a fire, had lost her home Everything she had, this lady we literally had. Yeah. yeah, I know. I yeah, introduced, you introduced you to her, me to her. Who had everything, and after losing literally everything she had yeah. except the clothes on her back and having no family, it was Matthew West music that got me through every day. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here saying, you know what? More so than thousands of women it's clapping amazing. their hands it's or amazing. buying music or whatever, yeah. it's touching someone's life. And that touches me just to hear that too, you know. And I think uh, if you're listening to this right now and you've thought, man, Phil's talking straight to me today because maybe you feel like you've been chasing happy and 
constantly coming up empty with whatever that thing or that person or that goal, whatever it is, you feel like, oh, if I just have that, maybe you relate to the the beauty queen who came in second place or the pro wrestler who thought his new car was going to help. Or I want to encourage you today to take these words that Phil's shared to heart. I know I am as well, and you need to check out this book, Stop Chasing Happy and Start Pursuing your purpose. Um, and I hope this, I know this book is going to encourage a lot of people because we all need that reminder to find out what really matters to, to pursue, you know, what is, I mean, we come back to it time and time again, Jeremiah 29, 11, God says he knows, we don't know. He knows the plans he has for us. He has a, a purpose for each and every one of us. Sure. It's a God-given purpose. And when we step into that purpose for our lives, stop comparing our purpose to somebody else's, mm-hmm. we're going to find true contentment and true happiness. And uh, Phil, I'm so thankful that you've uh, shared your stories here today. I, I know it's encouraged it. a whole lot of people. We're going to post a link to the book at the official podcast page, which is matthewwest.com slash podcast. And, uh, and now we're going to go to... Uh, the we, Women we've of Joy <laughs> Convention with 5,000 women. And, you know, right. can I just tell you, you know, talking about purpose, I mm-hmm. always wondered, I said, Lord, why did you put me in a house full of women, <laughs> a wife and two daughters? And I stand up on stage at Women of Joy, and I feel the Lord say, son, this is why. That's it. I to prepare prepared. you for such a and time. And you, you have two teenagers, so you're really prepared for that. Yes, you know? sir. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I don't know. I haven't asked you this, but it was the first time you did an all-women's audience with Women of Joy that I'm you remember? Sure. I mean, of, yeah. of that size? Yeah, and I remember thinking, gosh, you know, 25 years ago, this would have been my dream gig, you know? <laughs> well, because, you know, I, Michael W. Smith, the first time he ever came, and, you know, as many concerts as he's it's done, crazy. and he was backstage. And he said to me, he said, you know, I just don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to go out. I'm going to do about, you know, like 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. And it was just him and a piano. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, great. And I kid you not, two and a half hours he later. He just kept he's going. Just going. And he came off the stage. He looked right at me. And I'll never forget it. He yeah. said, dude, thank you. I have found my audience. Yes, and I'm like, yes. these are the ones who buy music and listen to the radio. It and really, now there's, there's guys that do no, too. No, but, but as a rule, that's the yeah. ones that know. And you know, when you're up there singing, they know every yeah. word to every yeah. song. And, it's a and special it's, thing. It, it's a special feeling, and I'm excited to do that. Well, Ex- I'm excited to, for our purposes to mm-hmm. connect like this. Absolutely. And, uh, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I've enjoyed talking to you backstage. I thought, I think people would enjoy the wisdom that you've gained through wow. the years, and I know somebody out there has been blessed today. So well, thank you, Phil. That is my prayer, and, and you're one of my favorite people on the whole planet, but I love your heart. And I have to tell you this, and, and many people have never had the privilege of meeting your dad personally. But I just got to tell you, I think one of the secrets behind your life, your ministry is your dad. No doubt. And I mean, standing backstage, because he's kind of like me, we've heard a lot of your music, not to be offended. So backstage, we get to talk a lot. Yes. And I've just gleaned from him because there's always those people who've walked a little further down life's journey. And you just want to sit there and pick their mind and all that stuff. But the best part is... He is so proud of you. You know, in fact, we had the conversation. I'm not divulging something here. He got my book, and he told me he had read it. And he said to me, you know, I look back now after these years of ministry, and maybe, just maybe, one of my purposes was that God let me raise Matthew West so he could bless other people. Are you trying to make me cry here? No, (laughs) I'm not trying to make you cry. I'm just being honest that that's kind of neat that he sees that that way. Well, and and may we all live in such a way where we invest in others 
and they become an extension of the harvest that our lives get to see. And I definitely can say that about my dad. I definitely can say that about you. And I hope someday it can be said of me, you know, that we don't, we don't want to spend our whole lives pushing our own rock to the top of the mountain. We want to champion others too. So my dad's been a champion for me and, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful that you shared that story with me. Phil, this has been great, man. Thank you. Now it's time for songs from the story house. Today's song from the story house is actually a little song I made up at the Women of Joy conference. And so we're going to go live, actually not live, but we're going to play a recording of my performance at the Women of Joy conference, an an original song that just described how I was feeling (laughs) Uh, performing at this women's conference. Check it out. I'd like to sing a very special song for you right now about how I'm feeling. I don't think I've ever been in a room with so much estrogen. And it scares me. You people scare me. The only reason why I'm here today because the women of Joy staff said that it's okay. But I feel something changing in me. Can't explain it, but something's changing inside of me. Because I don't shave my legs, as far as you know. I don't wear diamonds or pearls. Standing here today, I'm starting to feel just like one of the girls And man, I feel like a woman of joy Just like a woman of joy Tomorrow I'll go back to being a boy But tonight in South Carolina I gotta say I feel like a woman of joy just like a woman, come on, of joy. I promise you, my friends, I'm really your boy. So before you cancel me, before this gets on the internet, or oh, lest we not forget, I know I'm a man, but tonight I feel like a woman of joy. Let's pretend that never happened, okay? Come on, are we gonna have a good time tonight or what? Did you record that? Are you gonna put that on YouTube? Well then, it's been a nice career. <laughs> it's over. I just, I just, that was my way of expressing how excited I am to be here at Women of Joy. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Come on now, this is good. All right. All right, my friends, that is our show for today. I want to thank my guest, Phil Waldrop, for joining me today. I'm going to post a link to his latest book, Stop Chasing Happy. 
And uh, it's going to be posted at on all my social channels, but also at the official podcast page, MatthewWest.com slash podcast. Be sure to check out that book. You can get it at Amazon as well. Just type in the words, Stop Chasing Happy. Uh, no dad advice today because, uh, well, my conversation with Phil, we just kept talking, didn't we? So uh, we'll be back with dad advice. But speaking of my dad, my dad and I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for those of you who signed up to become a Pop Weep monthly giving partner. Of course, our ministry is called Pop We, and our mission is to remind you to be about a cause bigger than yourself, to recognize that your story can impact so many other people. And so many of you stepped up and said, hey, I want to help this ministry continue to reach hopeless people and let them know that there's a message of hope in Jesus. And so to all of you who signed up to become our newest Pop We monthly partners, thank you, thank you, thank you. To find out more about that, go to popwe.org to uh, get plugged in. If you got a prayer request, you can submit it there and we'll be praying for you. If you want to share your story, we have a story portal. You can tell your story at popwe.org. If you want to become a donor, you can do that. If you want to start receiving a weekly devotional, please go to that. We're going to be doing a really cool summer series. So go to popwe.org today. All right, that's our show for today. My friends, thank you so much for joining me. Remember, it's your story for his glory and I will see you next week. Seriously, I, I, I do.